It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in our friend who's the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, glad to be here, man. Question comes in from Tom. He asks, what do you make of this report that Bill Belichick intentionally traded his draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for less than he could have gotten from other teams because he knew the Steelers were going to come up and take Broderick Jones, who he believed the Jets wanted, and it was worth it to him to take a little less to screw over the Jets. So this is Bill Belichick, and I wouldn't put it past him to do this. However, I should say that the source of this report was in the Washington Post, and it was a less-than-credible reporter who has been known to, let's say, play fast and loose with the truth in the past. I'm not going to say who it is. You can look it up if you like, but it's somebody with a very shady track record. That said, it's certainly possible that this is true. If the Patriots did that, I'm actually kind of glad because I wasn't really all that big on Broderick Jones, and I would rather that the Jets got Will McDonald. Also, if they did this... This is so silly for the Patriots because if you are passing up the opportunity to get more in a trade down just to mess with the Jets, I just don't know that that's the smartest way to operate a football team. Now, Bill Belichick has a bunch of Super Bowl rings, so I guess he can kind of get away with whatever he wants, but that's how I see it. As far as the Jets end of this, what comes down to is even if it's true, the way to combat it is for Will McDonald to go out there and kick butt. And then, as I joked on Twitter, Bill Belichick will really regret it because then two times a year he'll have to watch Will McDonald break Mac Jones in half. So my take on the report is that I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't put it past Bill Belichick. And if it is true, then really the only way for the Jets to handle this is for Will McDonald, Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich to make sure that he regrets handing them Will McDonald instead of Broderick Jones, who, by the way, I'm not entirely sure the Jets were going to draft. So maybe if this is true, the Patriots thought the Jets were going to draft him. Maybe the Jets were going to draft him. But there's so many questions about what the Jets were going to do, what the Patriots actually did, their motivations and all of that. All I can say is, in the end, just hope for Will McDonald to kick butt. And then regardless, the Patriots will wish that the Jets never got him. Yeah, I just I look at it that it's it's sort of believable because Belichick is Belichick. You wouldn't put it past him, but at the same time, it would be a little bit surprising to see him just throw away that much draft capital just for something like that. Um, So, I mean, it was easy for him to do being one pick ahead of the Jets, and maybe they thought they knew who they were going to take. So, yeah, would would it surprise me if he did it? I I wouldn't be shocked, but I would would be like, "Eh, I know you're petty, but that's, you're kind of messing with your team's future now for the sake of you know, interfering with with a, a division rivals draft choice, which is a little bit far fetched for me for a guy like Belichick. Next question comes in from James. He asks, 
Who was your least favorite draft pick of all the guys that the Jets selected during the draft process? I don't really know how to answer that because I did kind of like most of the players the Jets got. The only thing I could say is there were a couple of players that I did really like that were still on the board in the fifth and sixth round. Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State stands out in my head. That would have been fun, get another Iowa State wide receiver to go with Alan Lazard and another Iowa State player to go with Lazard, Brees Hall, and of course Will McDonald. I like Luke Whipler and the idea of grabbing him in the fifth round and having him and Joe Tipman as a center guard combo going forward. I just thought the value was too good to pass up. The Jets obviously felt otherwise. So I don't know that there's one that I have as a least favorite, but there are other players that I would have liked in some of those spots and the Jets didn't take them. We'll see if the Jets end up being right or if the players that I talked about wind up being significant contributors elsewhere. Yeah, you know, there are really no players in the class I didn't like, so it, it's tough to say which pick, pick I liked the least. I, I, I didn't love the approach, so I guess from that standpoint, as I said, I, I probably would have preferred more guys who were likely to contribute, you know, a, a nice chunk of reps early on with this being a year where, you know, it, with this being a short window for the Jets. But maybe, you know, in the sixth round, in, in, instead of taking Bernard Converse, I really like Dante Stills, the defensive tackle out of West Virginia, and he was still on the board. I, I would have liked to have seen that. Um, D. Winters, the linebacker from TCU, was another one. I it, He's... I mean, he, he went where he should have gone in the sixth, seventh round. But my God, if you want, you go back and watch TCU against Michigan in that playoff game, and D. Winters looked like a, a game record. He looked like he'd be a first round pick. If that was if that was the only game you saw him play, you would have thought he was a first rounder. Um, but Bernard Converse again, uh, he brings some versatility. He could be a valuable player, but you know, in that range, I was kind of looking at Dante still still being on the board and would have liked him there. And Demario Douglas out of the slot would have been an option too out of Liberty. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Jimmy. He asks, what are some podcasts that you guys like when you're not talking about or listening to something involving the Jets? <laughs> it almost seems like that doesn't happen at all these days. But I guess the ones that I like, it's mostly comedy and pro wrestling. And obviously, it's fun to check out the entire league and see what's going on with other teams. So I'll listen to other team podcasts. I also really like the around the NFL podcast. That's been one of my favorites for a while. They cover all the teams. So it's a good way to get a snapshot as far as pro wrestling podcasts and comedy podcasts, which are generally what I like. I would say that the Bruce Pritchard podcast when he's doing new ones, because these days he works in WWE's front office. So a lot of times it's a remix or whatever. That's a pretty good one. I really like Joe Parisi's podcast too, which is basically a deep dive on TV shows and movies from the 80s and early 90s. He does a great job. He's a ring announcer for events in St. Louis. So he's got that trained voice and he's a really good interviewer and you can tell he has a passion for it. It's called The Odd Podcast and I think he does another one called America's Pop Culture Trivia Show. So you can check that out. I highly recommend that. As far as comedy podcasts, you can never go wrong with Bill Burr, obviously. Obviously, that's a great one. Tim Dillon's really good. There's a lot of really fun comedians that are doing podcasts now. Big Jay Okerson is always funny. Dan Soder, who, by the way, crosses over because he's a big wrestling fan. I like all those guys. I'm really into comedy. So I'd say those guys, Glenn, I know you like Tom Segura. I do, too. So any podcast that he's on is always going to be good. As far as wrestling podcasts, I'm trying to think of others that I like. Actually, you know, one that I really like is Keeping It 100. That's with Conan and Disco Inferno. It's fun because they're guys that have been in the wrestling business for a really long time. 
And some of the newer fans really hate their opinions because they're sort of traditional in terms of what they like in pro wrestling. So that's why I enjoy the show. But a lot of people don't like what they have to say. So they've become a bit of a controversial duo. So that'd be my answer there. These days, I haven't been listening to a ton of podcasts outside of Jets stuff or football stuff. But when I do, a lot of times it's the stuff that I mentioned. Joe Parisi's podcast is really good. Wrestling stuff is what I tend to gravitate towards. And obviously comedy podcasts too. Although I will say I do like to listen to Yankees and Nets podcasts when I can find good ones. Yeah, for me, it's honestly a hard question for me to answer because for the for the past couple of months, it's been all football podcasts. I'm either I'm either listening to um, the the one that I've mentioned a few times that Rick Spielman does the uh, mm-hmm. with the first pick podcast. Uh, there's another one which I only just started listening to a few weeks ago on the clock. I can't even remember the names of the hosts. It's one former NFL scout and one uh, one uh, radio analyst. Of course, I uh, you know I, I love listening to your pod. Um, as far as outside of the football world, pro- I probably I'll scroll through like Joe Rogan. And if I see a guest that I'm interested in, whether it's from someone I enjoyed growing up or someone who's covering a topic that I'm unfamiliar, but I think is interesting, I'll pop that on. But he does a lot like I don't listen to a lot of the MMA stuff. That's not really my thing. Um, some of the comedians he has on, if he, if I like them, I'll pop them on. Um, so that that's pretty much it at the moment. I can't really I'm having a hard time jogging my own my own brain in terms of what I listen to outside of uh, outside of the football stuff. Next question comes in from DMRCO. He asks with Al Woods in the fold, what would you like to see the jets do? Maybe add a linebacker or free safety. If so, who fits at this late point in free agency? I think Quan Alexander is the obvious answer at linebacker free safety. We've talked about a couple of possibilities, but if I were to say one guy that I think would make sense and that is fairly likely to be here that isn't on the roster yet, it would be Quan Alexander. I just think his familiarity with the scheme, the fact that he's probably going to be cheap, he fills a need. All of that plays into the fact that it makes a lot of sense for both sides to get some sort of deal done at some point. Yeah, I think that's the the easy answer, not not to cop out or, or to copy what you're saying, but Quan Alexander makes makes the most sense at this point, and and it's safety. I think we've we've gone over those a few times. Next question comes in from John. He asks, "Were there any specific draft steals that you loved, Glenn? I know you watch a lot of college football. We've talked about this a million times. I've talked a little bit about some of the guys that I liked. I mentioned Xavier Hutchinson." And Luke Whippler, were there any guys that stood out to you that you particularly liked that you thought were steals? Maybe you thought the Jets should have gotten them, or maybe you just thought they were terrific value for whoever did get them. You know, off the top of my head, um, w- without having the, the the draft in front of me, I, I do remember I liked Parker Washington a fair bit. I thought he would go earlier than he did. He went uh, later on, I think, in the uh, the sixth round. Jacksonville ended up grabbing him. Of course, I mentioned Stills. Um, uh, Jason Taylor, the safety who I profiled on JetNation.com and mentioned a few times on your show. I think he's a, he was a very productive safety, six interceptions last year, and r- just running backs in general. And but and we knew that was going to happen, right? I mean, Eric Gray, who the Giants got, I think he's a fantastic all-around back, does a really nice job of making people miss, really good hands. He's so smooth catching the ball out of the backfield. You and I talked about Evan Hull after the Senior Bowl. Both those guys went like late fifth, early sixth. Um, Payne Durham was another guy, a tight end. Again, a deep tight end class, so you thought there'd be some guys who would go late um, and Payne Durham was somebody uh, a guy out of Purdue who was another day three pick who I think could end up being a player and as much as I said I didn't want safeties in this class um, 
another guy who went then that same round, Antonio Johnson, the safety out of Texas A&M. I think a lot of people had him going much earlier than he did, and I think he can be a good player. So as with every class, there's going to be some steals. Um, my guy Yasir Abdullah out of Louisville was probably a top five player in this class for me in terms of just my favorite players. I'm not saying top five best, but I loved watching Abdullah. I didn't I had no idea where he was going to go. I saw him. I saw so many mocks where he didn't get drafted at all. Um, but he ended up going with the first pick in the fifth round. So I think he's going to be a, a really nice deal. Payne Durham just sounds like the name of a tight end, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Yes, fits the part. Next question comes in from Andrew C. He asks, now that the Giants got a deal done with Dexter Lawrence, how long before the Jets get one done with Quinn and Williams? And what do you think it's going to wind up costing them? I think it's probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of four for 100. That's been my suspicion for a while. Dexter Lawrence, I think, got four for 90. The guaranteed money, I'm going to guess it's somewhere in the $60 million to $70 million range. I'd have to look exactly at how it would compare to the other guys. But I do think Quinn and Williams will probably get paid before training camp. And I think it's going to be somewhere in that 22 to $25 million a year range with a lot of it guaranteed. Yeah, we, we answered that exact question last night on our show, discussed it, and that was my answer, is that it's, it's going to be four for 100 or five for 125, and the, 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 and the guarantees will probably be in that 70, 75 million range. I'm looking at Jeffrey Simmons' contract right now because he was in the same draft with Dexter Lawrence, and we just talked about how Dexter Lawrence got four for 90. It was four for 94 for Jeffrey Simmons, and you'd have to figure that with Quinton Williams having more sacks than both of those guys, and after that breakout season last year, he will probably get more than them. It's going to be a matter of how much guaranteed money, though. I will say, what a time to be Nicole Lynn right now, right? She is the agent for Quinton Williams, also the agent for Jalen Hurts. This has got to be an unbelievable time for her to be having clients that are going to be signing for this much money. Well done by her. So, Glenn, I have a question for you. I know we went over your favorite prospects about a month or two before the draft just so people would get an idea of who you liked. I know we're an entire year away from the 2024 draft, but I know that you've already started watching players. Anybody in particular that you like? Yeah, you know, a bunch of guys. You know, I have a pretty pretty long list of, of players that I'm going to dig deeper on this year that, who I took made notes of and, and you know, clipped some of their highlights. Really a guy started two years ago, Scott, who you'll be very familiar with, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, wide receiver out of Texas, who just all that guy does is catch touchdown passes. He, I mean, as a freshman, the guy was just blowing people away, and he was probably the first guy in that class, you know, for this year's draft-eligible pl- class that I said, man, this kid's only a freshman, but I'm, I'm jotting his name down, and I'm going to watch as much of, of his football as possible. And the guy's just such a good vertical threat. Um, Blake Corum out of Michigan, he's, he's another guy. I think it was a year or two ago that I saw him break a, a huge run and just the explosiveness, the, the top-end speed. You know, just nobody was catching him once he got into the open field. And Blake Corum has continued to do that for the past couple seasons. Um, a name that many Jets fans will, will be familiar with but may not like all that much. But I'll tell you what, if he was wearing green and white, Orande Gadsden uh, II, son of former Dolphins receiver Orande Gadsden, big target. He's got to be about 6'6", and just great hands, great, he gets great extension, doesn't drop anything, and he, he's just, he's got, you know, uh, what do they say, uh, probably got stick him on his hands, it seems like sometimes, just a really big target over the middle, and, you know, does a good job on the boundaries, an outside receiver, and let's let's follow that up with another with another junior, another name that, that most most 
fans our age will be familiar with. Uh, a great player for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jeremiah Trotter, now Jeremiah mm-hmm. Trotter Jr., is a linebacker at Clemson University where he just he jumps off the screen. I've I've watched uh, you know obviously these big schools you tend to watch a ton of them because there are so many prospects at those schools and you just you happen to you know you happen to peripherally catch an eye you know another player catches your eye who may not be coming out this year. Um, I'd put him on there. I'll throw a few more names out there. Tommy Eichenberg, linebacker at Ohio State, just a, just a tackling machine all over the field and you love seeing you know. That's the good thing about these huge schools is that they'll have these great players who stay maybe a little longer than, than they would at other places. And when they really get, you know, when they get in that final year, their, their, their eligibility, these guys will just blow up. So I'm looking, I'm watching Tommy Eichenberg a lot this year. And I've mentioned before how I watched a lot of Washington State last year because I liked, you know, specifically Dan Henley, but they had a lot of players I liked on that roster. Um, another guy was Cam Ward, their quarterback. Guy has an absolute rocket for an arm. He's going to be, you know, the modern day quarterback. He can run. He can. He can do it all. He can make every throw from every angle, attack you at all levels. Uh, Ladarius Henderson was a player. I believe he was at Arizona State, and I thought he might come out this year, and I think I was even kind of mocking him to the Jets in a few mocks early on. He ended up transferring to Michigan. Uh, he's another big name to keep an eye on, along with Braylon Allen. He was sort of in that 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 same class as um, – uh, who, I, who as Blake Corum, who I mentioned just a minute ago, just explosive guy, put up big numbers, dropped off a little bit. Uh, you know, looking at watching him a couple years ago to last year, he didn't do quite as much as I expected, but still just a guy who has really, you know, uh, has elite traits. Again, had, you know, thick lower half, powerful runner, really, you know, explosive runner out of the backfield, top end speed. He's a guy who's probably, probably going to, go earlier you know again we talk about the our backs going to keep going early or how many backs are going to go early every year i think he's a guy that with a strong season he could kind of work his way into that conversation i'll throw one more out there i mean the probably could probably list 50 guys but uh jacob cowing slot guy out of arizona really good receiver uh very productive last year excellent hands quick quick in and out of his breaks he's a guy that you can you know count on underneath and he's he's you see him, you'll often see him, sorry, stutter there. You'll often see him, you know, use a, use a double move to get behind the secondary. He does a really nice job of getting open downfield. And uh, th- those are just a few names to throw out there. Um, many more, like I said, I've probably got a list of 40 or 50 guys who I really liked throughout the year um, watching last season who, um, you know, I'm looking forward to watching. And, of course, I have to throw Tank McKinley in there. Sorry. The, uh, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, absolute monster, looked unblockable in every game I watched. Um, haven't seen his name on, on any list. I'm, I'm 99% sure he's a senior. But in the couple of lists I've looked at of the, the upcoming draft class prospects, I haven't seen his name on there. So I'm not sure what's going on there. That's going to wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. Make sure that you check out everything that Glenn is doing at JetNation.com. Check out everything that we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, including the newest Jet, Al Woods, the run stuffer from Seattle. Plus, he's also got a bunch of the newest draft picks that the Jets brought into the fold in the 2023 NFL Draft. So watch our videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing 
doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com